The location of the third temple. Does the earth have only nine years left? Some are claiming that it does. Interfaithism, gathering all religions for a world religion. Stakeholder capitalism, the road to socialism. The increase of anti-Semitism and continuing efforts towards an Israeli-Palestinian peace. And China, Russia, and Iran joint naval drills. Wow. All prophetic and all in the headlines today. Which is why we will analyze these events while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And if you can't tell already, I am pumped. There is so much prophecy being fulfilled in our world today. Many of them. Not just one, not just two. But man, we're looking to every single one of them. Where it, All of the prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ have either already occurred, a big majority of them, we're watching several of them come to pass right now, or we're watching precursors to every single one. So, wow. I mean, I've got two or three programs put together, really, that we could talk about. Uh, and we'll be getting into that uh, if, if I have some time. Of course, today is your day. Uh, today's open line. And I want to be respectful of that. And the number to reach me, one 363 8463 And <clears throat> folks, if you follow the news at all, I mean efforts towards the big five, the efforts towards the establishment of a world government in the earth today, the establishment of a world religious system that will support, that will gather the religions of the world together to support this world governing body. All of this is prophecies written 2,000 years ago coming to pass right now. The efforts towards a Middle East peace agreement, precursors to the mark of the beast, and events leading up to a sixth trumpet war. Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, that will result in one-third of the world's population being destroyed. The big five, they're happening right before our very eyes. I've got article after article after article. Very, very important that we understand that we are living through this stuff. I know that the Bible says that there will be scoffers in the end time that say, oh, you guys, come on. I've heard about the second coming. That We've been hearing about that for decades and hundreds of years. And everything is just like it was from that time. But the thing is, is that there are things happening right now that were not happening when my father-in-law was here. He passed away November 3rd, 2020. 
And yet, we're, we're way past, in, in the grand scheme of things, things are heating up. My father-in-law had never heard of the metaverse. We talked about the metaverse, I think it was back on Monday. He had never heard of a metaverse. Look how fast we are, just in the short, what, uh, 13, 14 months since he passed. Everything is just zooming by. And according to Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, he says, he just did a, an interview the other day, we've only got nine years left. Wow. So I'm telling you, everybody, I, I'm, I'm, I, um, you say, oh, you're doing this to scare us or sensationalism. This is not sensationalism. This stuff is happening right before our very eyes, and it's time. If you look at what's going on in our world today and the timeline that God gave us over the last 2,500 plus years, from Daniel and some of his contemporaries and then Ezekiel and Zechariah and the others, all the way to Revelation chapter 22, this giant timeline a big majority of all those prophecies. Now, I'm, not, I'm going to separate the messianic prophecies about Jesus Christ and the ones that are concerning His second coming. If we separate those out, there's about a thousand concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are over 50 prophecies about the Antichrist. But you understand, everybody, a big majority of those have already taken place. And there are only a few left until Jesus Christ splits the clouds wide open, sends His angels with the great sound of a trump to gather His elect from this earth. The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain, the Christians who are alive and remain, will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. And oh, what a day that will be. You say, why are you talking to us about the timeline? And you're so pumped about all these prophecies coming to pass. This is going to be all apocalyptic. Listen, if you are part of the church, if you've been born again, your mindset should not be, oh, this is all apocalyptic. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, was he believed for years. He had been taught his whole life that all these apocalyptic events will happen just prior to the second coming. But in 2016, 2017, God spoke to him and said, listen, you've been looking at this wrong. He, he didn't, he got the prophecies right. But as far as looking at the grand scheme, God was saying, you're looking at this from the apocalyptic events that will happen. Those things are going to happen. But a Christian's mindset is that this is not Satan's, Satan did not de- design these events for the end time. God told my father-in-law, he said, look, I designed these end time events to set the stage for the greatest revival the world has ever known. And so the mindset of a Christian, the mindset of the early church, even though they were under the heel of the Roman world government, they still... Their mindset was revival. Reach the world. Teach and preach the gospel to the entire world. And that's exactly what they did. The magistrates brought them in and said, Ah, oh, we're so, we're done with you. You filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. The mindset of the church in the end time 
is revival, revival, revival. The answers to this world's problem, everybody, is Jesus Christ. The answer is not to storm the gates of the government or to, uh, you know, uh, riots and all this other stuff. That, that's, that doesn't solve anything, does it? If we could all have a spiritual revival and put Jesus at the very center of our life, it would change everything overnight. I know it would. The Bible tells us it would. So a Christian's mindset in the last days, I've got to teach and preach the gospel to the entire world because the end time is now. Jesus is coming back very soon. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Okay, everybody, so I've got just, like I said, I've got more information than we could ever cover on the short time that I have left here. But I may have to do that Monday because I've got pretty much a full bank of callers here. And I want to go straight to the phones because, um, again, this is your day. And maybe I'll have to pick this up Monday. And also, one of the things I'm going to do on Monday's program is tell you about a college course that I went through through the United Nations online about the Sustainable Development Goals and everything they're trying to do. The, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the Great Reset with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, the, uh, all this Build Back Better, that, that, the, that not just Joe Biden, but the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, all these different places have been talking about for years. And 
they're all pointing us towards the same thing. A socialistic uh, world governing body in the end time and they've got to move us off of our capitalistic mindset, our capitalistic society because they cannot control capital, a capitalistic society. Cash. Capitalism is freedom. They do not want that. So I know Glenn Beck just wrote a book. I've got a physical copy of the book about the Great Reset. And about, um, I started to say Pope Biden. Imagine that. Uh, what And Joe Biden uh, moving us into, what he's trying to do is efforts to move us into and implement fascism here in the United States. So it's all happening and they're all working towards the same goal. And so, uh, man, I, I'll, go, I'll be going through that on Monday's program because I could only touch the, the treetops today. But, wow, got a lot coming up, a lot of things coming up next week. So, here we go. Uh, Kenya in South Carolina. God bless, my friend. Welcome to End of the Age. God bless you, Dave. Thank you. So, I noticed that the French president, he's over the EU now. Uh-huh. And I think it was last year he started returning items of value that belonged to Africa. Right. And I was wondering if Daniel eleven forty three has something to do with that. Yeah, so... Says, I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, so in Daniel chapter 11, very important chapter because it's, it's pretty much almost all devoted to the kings of the north, the kings of the south, the people that will arise over time. Some of One of them uh, in the early chapters is talking about Alexander the Great. But when it gets down to Daniel 11, verse 20, from then on, it's talking about the Antichrist. And I think you already know that, Kenya. But when, it, when we get down through there, and it, Daniel eleven forty three, so I'm going to bring everybody that's listening on board with us here. Daniel eleven forty two says, The Antichrist, he shall, shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries... And the land of Egypt shall not escape. The Bible earlier, just prior to that, it talks about these shall escape out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and Anam, Ammon. So we know that the country of Jordan will escape out of the Antichrist's hand. We also know Israel and the United States will. However, it tells some specific countries that he will overtake. This is what you're referring to in Daniel 11.43. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and... Uh, over silver in Egypt and over the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and Ethiopians shall be at his steps. So it does appear that he will control the economies in those countries. He will be in charge. You understand, Kenya, that some of this is written, you've got to look at it in the big picture. The world today has central banks in pretty much every uh, major developed industrialized nation central banks are controlled by the central bank of central banks which is the bank for international settlements the anti and all of them are there these cadre of bankers are working together to create a one world governing body the antichrist when he comes into power will usurp authority over that world governing body to control the the nations of the planet he gets control of their central bank. So when the Bible says that he, go, he moves into, he, he controls Egypt, Egypt will not escape from his grasp, and he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver. 
he will have power over the economies of these nations. And that's, that's one of the ways he's going to be able to implement the mark of the beast. So that's what this is referring to here, is that, yes, in okay. these countries, he will have control of their finances. And if you've got control of the finances of a country, you can pretty much dominate the country, obviously. That's what they're trying to do here in the United States, moving us off of our capitalistic system onto a more of a socialistic um, system where they would control uh, everything rather than us. And so that's the main thing that's going on here. And that's what this is really referring to, Kenya. It's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. God bless, my friend. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to my friend Joe in New York. God bless, Joe. Welcome to End of the Age. David, you look terrific. God bless you. Thank you, sir. And God bless you. Listen, I want to, before I uh, have a question for you, I want to encourage you guys because I watch you all the time, mm-hmm. and you guys are doing great. You, uh, uh, Doug, Doug's presentation yesterday was fantastic. Good. I left a, a message. I left a message for him. You guys are doing great, brother Irvin Baxter would be proud of you guys. You're hanging in there. You're fighting, and you're presenting all the stuff beautifully. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. And things are happening so fast. My head is spinning. Yes. Mine too. <laughs> Here's the thing. When the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24, which we know that chapter, mm-hmm. when he used the analogy of birth pains. Yes. Right? Here's the thing. I have four children. I've seen <laughs> what birth pains and what happens is they get more intense and the pains come closer together. We're seeing that happen all over the world, even as we speak and sit here on the telephone. I'm telling you, everything is happening quicker. Right. Everything. And it's exciting. And like you said, number one, we who know and love the Lord, we are excited. Scripture says, love not the things of the world. Well, that's pretty easy when you know the Lord, because you're excited that we're seeing his words happen, being fulfilled in this day quicker and quicker. And the thing that I wanted to ask you, you might have some info, because there seems to be, because I I, I look at the news on the computer all over the world, the BBC and uh, uh, TV7 Israel, and I watch all this stuff, and there seems to be some things behind the scene with, with the Israeli government really seeking to bring about peace yeah. and this peace covenant. They're visiting different nations. And, yeah, I mean, it's not making all the front headlines, yeah. but I think behind the scenes, because I'm getting excited by it, because I'm thinking, how on God's green earth is there going to be this peace covenant? Right. Well, I think there's things, a lot of things happening behind the scenes. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, so you're absolutely correct. They... A lot of things they do not want in the news and because they don't want to let out what's happening. They don't want somebody to come in there and try to thwart what's going on because there are Arab nations that do, obviously do not want Israel to have peace uh, with the Palestinians. That's what the Arab Peace Initiative was all about. However, the Abraham Accords is moving straight forward. And you've really got to follow it close to kind of analyze and see what's going on. But the Abraham Accords is having an effect on 
all these countries normalizing relations with Israel. They say there are many more that are supposed to normalize relations before very long. They're working with many nations that are just kind of sitting back in the wings and seeing how the, the three or four nations that have already signed normalization agreements with Israel, how that's going to play out. But that is not the prophesied peace agreement, which will be between the Israelis and Palestinians. It could lead to that, but that's not the one. So it's very important that everybody understands that, that's listening. However, Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid, they're in the sharing arrangement, a governmental sharing arrangement in Israel. The foreign minister is um, Benny Gantz, who was really high up in the IDF for years. And so the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. So what's going on is Naftali Bennett, who is the current prime minister, he says, no two-state solution under my watch, never going to happen. But he's in a sharing arrangement. In, in August of next year, Yair Lapid comes in as his replacement. And Yair Lapid is pro-two-state solution. And so there are things that are going on. I read an article the other day that said, even though Naftali Bennett is diametrically opposed to the two-state solution, which is what the world community sees as the only viable solution to this peace situation, the Israeli-Palestinian situation. Naftali Bennett's against that, but Yair Lapid and Gantz are pro-two-state solution. So it looks like, and I read an article that said, even though Naftali Bennett is against it, Yair Lapid and Gantz are laying the groundwork for a possible two-state solution when they come into office. Now, you can read articles that say, Yair Lapid, I'm not going to go against what I promised the government when we entered into this and everything, and I understand all that. But he, he won't be the first politician that reneged on one of his promises, right? I mean, a big majority of them have. So he is, he is keeping everything together, the coalition together, until he gets in the office. He, he's, he said it many times, I'm pro-two-state pro solution. So there's a lot of things happening in the news. I, I've got an article to go over. I know I'll never get there because I've got a full bank of callers. But there's an article from a lady who is over the serving as the president of the UN, uh, I think it's the UN Security Council, if I'm not mistaken right now, for this month. She was involved in getting the Oslo Peace Accords signed. And now, 30 years later, um, she is saying, hey, I want to get involved. I want to use my platform that I have now to get something done, to go in and work with the Israelis and Palestinians. So there are people all over the planet, Joe, that, are, that yeah. understand and, and they believe that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is the conflict that's really making the Middle East boil. Now, I don't believe that because Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. It's not Israel. But but as there, as there, as, as Iran steps up these terrorist attacks, like on the uh, the UAE and all, all this, the pressure may come to change Bennett's idea about the two-state solution. Because I, you know, their ministers are going. Like the other day, I watched something on, you know, I forget what's his name, was meeting with the president of of of, of Greece, and there's all this stuff going behind. Yeah, the that's lines. Been, that's Benny Gantz, the foreign minister. Right, Benny Gantz met with him, but I, 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 I think things can turn around because as Iran heats up the pressure with all these drone attacks, right. there's like a, you know there's like more and more of the people that want peace because they're frightened. The other Arab nations 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're kind of afraid of Iran, so they know Israel has got the state-of-the-art technology. Yes. I think that's another way bringing pressure on them to want to enter in. You know what I'm saying? So that this peace covenant, because what it says in Daniel, with many nations, yeah. I think it's beyond just the Arab nations, this yeah. peace covenant that's got to take place. I mean, we know the Palestinians got to be, but they might also feel the pressure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's it, it just things are happening so quickly, and the shaking of the earth and volcanoes and eruptions and pestilence, <laughs> it's frightening if you don't know the Lord. Oh, yeah. But knowing the Lord, it's exciting. I understand your excitement because I'm right here with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you as well, Joe. Um, and the thing is, is that when you talk about Iran and the Israeli-Palestinian situation with this peace agreement, even though, so we know both of them will get done. There will be a peace agreement between Israelis and the Palestinians, but there's also going to be a war that emanates out of the Euphrates River region that kills one-third of the world's population. So even if they were to get a peace agreement signed tomorrow night, that does not mean that the Iran situation has been dealt with and that it's going to go away. Right. I don't think no, the no. Iran they, situation they, 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 is ever not, going man. to go away. No, they want, they want war. They hate. That's and it. And we know what the scripture says. He who curses Israel shall bring curses upon themselves. Yeah. You know, I have this gut-level instinct that although we, don't, we, we see this, these agreements between Russia and China and Iran, I think that's going to backfire. Personally, I think they're going to turn against one another because the Muslims are going to wake up to the fact that China has been, you know, imprisoning Muslims in, you know, in the country of China. Stuff's got to really like, you know, explode. But but we know we're going to be here strong protecting Israel. That's clear. And Israel will be here. And we know from the scripture, Jordan's not going to be destroyed. So it's kind of formulating that the enemies are going to turn against Israel. One another. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. I'm just thankful, Joe, that we have the Bible. We know what's coming. The prophecies always come to pass. And we can sit here and say, look, even me as a Christian individual, that I know what's coming and I know what my role is in the end time. I'm not supposed to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off, hiding in a (laughs) cave somewhere. My goal is to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Some of these things we will have to live through to see how they come to pass. But you and I both know that all the prophecies will come to pass in intricate detail. It always happens. God bless you. I hate to end the call. I'm going to have to let you go. I got so many calls I got to get to. I look forward to talking to you possibly next week. Um, And everybody, thank you so much for joining us. I've got a lot of calls. I probably, I've got two spots open. Again, 1-877-363-8463. God bless each and every one of you, and we'll get right back into it when we get back from the break. So much happening in our world today. Wow. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, wow. So we got a lot of calls, so we're going to have to get rolling here. Let's go to uh, Wade in all the way up Minnesota. God bless Wade. Welcome to End of the Age. Yeah, hi, Dave. How you doing, um, man? Pretty good. Good. I just got uh, two quick questions out of the book of Daniel, chapter 8. Mm-hmm. The first one is uh, Daniel 8, verse 9. Is that talking about... Uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, or is that the future Antichrist? So that, that's talking about the future, future Antichrist, yes. That's correct. The little horn, and I can prove that when we go back into Daniel chapter 7, but just for the sake of conversation and for everybody listening, the little horn there is the Antichrist, yes. So if that's the case, would it mean he's coming from Greece, Syria, Turkey, or Egypt? Right, so... Let's bring everybody in on a conversation here, Wade, so that way we can help everybody out. In Daniel chapter 8, Daniel sees a vision of a, um, a, um, a ram with two horns, and he sees a goat with one big horn. And they, he saw the ram, hit the, the goat hit the ram, and the ram was destroyed. Well, what this is talking about, and I'm, got, I'm not going to go into this deep theological discourse, but just for everybody listening, the ram with the two horns was Media Persia, and the goat with uh, the um, the, ram, the rough goat with one horn that was Alexander the Great. So, it, just to get you up to speed here, so the Bible says in seven, and I saw him come close to the ram. He was moved with choler against him and smote the ram. And broke the two horns, so this is going to be Alexander the Great's kingdom of the Grisha overcoming the Medes and the Persians. The Bible says, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he was cast to the ground, stamped, uh, stamped upon him, but there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Now, it goes to verse 8 here. Therefore the goat, consider Alexander the Great in the Grecian kingdom, very great, when he was strong, the great horn was broken... So Alexander the Great was defeated, and for it came up four notable ones through the four winds of heaven. So what happened is when Alexander the Great was defeated, um, his kingdom was divided into four parts, led by four generals. Cassandra ruled 
um, Macedonia and Greece, and this is what um, Wade's talking about. Um, Lysimachus controlled Thrace and Asia Minor. Seleucus ruled over the Middle East, and then Ptolemy reigned in Egypt, Cyprus, and parts of Asia Minor. So, the Bible says then in verse 9, And out of one of them came forth the little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. So it's going from, um, what, just, what, 22, 2300 years ago, it jumps all the way to the Antichrist, modern day. And so this is how you've got to kind of look at it, Wade. So when you look at these, and you understand when they went into I understand you said Greece and some of that, Greece being part of Europe, it appears that he, we know from other prophecies in the Bible that he will come from a reborn Holy Roman Empire, which is the current European Union. Um, I don't know specifically where the exact boundary was that these, um, each individual general, general, how far he went up into Europe. And, um, but I know today that the Antichrist will come from the European Union Parts of these were up into what we considered the modern-day European Union today. And you've also got to look at it that some of the lands that these guys controlled, some of their, that could be the ancestors of the Antichrist. Because the Bible also alludes to the Antichrist being an Assyrian. So some people have said, well, hey, he's got to come from the Turkish region. But if you look at all the prophecies, we know he's going to come from the European Union. So, if you look and if you do some research, you'll understand that there are about half a million Assyrians. There's the Assyrian alliance in, in Europe, and so there are many Assyrians there. And one of the uh, first cities in Germany was founded by an Assyrian prince. And so, all of it ties together. It's going to play out perfectly um, and we know the Antichrist from other prophecies is going to come from the European Union, which falls right in line with this prophecy because, you know, even their ancestors could migrate up into there. And so that's kind of the best answer I have for you, Wade. The last thing I needed to help with, and thank you for your answer, Yeah, uh, is verse 14 in Daniel chapter 8. Uh, what's that 2,300 days referring to? Okay, so this is one of the things where I will have to tell you, I do not have a 100% conclusive answer for you. The 2300 days in Revelation 8.14, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, never came to a conclusion on what the 2300 days uh, was referring to, that specific time. Uh, we, we prayed, we were asking God to help us, and we never have been able to come up with a conclusive answer. So I don't know, I, I can't, I don't want to fabricate something for you today, Wade, so I, I don't have a conclusive answer on that one. I know the players, I know the countries, I know how the, everything plays out, but as far as what happens, you know, this specific 2300-day timeline, I cannot give you a conclusive answer on that specific portion of the prophecy. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, I sure appreciate your help. Absolutely. God bless you, my friend, and I hope I helped you out. Yep, thanks a million. All right, Wade. Um, Okay, let's go right back to it. Darlene in Oklahoma. God bless Darlene. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Good. 
I was happy to meet Hi. you at the conference the other night here in Garland. Oh, yes, it was all my pleasure. You and Janet and little Judy. She's just little. <laughs> little Judy, little okay. Thing. Yes. Um, well, I kind of have a, I don't know, kind of a wordy kind of question. Maybe you can help me. But so whenever you were talking about perspective, and I was thinking about when Jesus comes back on the horses, mm-hmm. um, and I was just imagining that in my mind, and maybe it was me or maybe the Lord was showing me that I'm thinking about it in the wrong perspective. I need to be thinking about it in the perspective of being with him and coming back with him, not on the ground looking up. That's correct. Being with yeah. him, coming back. Yes. Yeah, so I claim that in Jesus' name. But So the other part is, you know, never before have I heard, like, government officials or people say that um, we only have so many years left. Right. That, um, I guess, Leonardo Capriol, you said, said so many years, and yeah. then the Cortez lady. Um, and then something in the Bible where an angel goes through and says, flies through and says, I'm just wondering if there's a spirit that's telling all the souls you know, the Christians know it's because of Jesus coming back. Right. But worldly people know in their spirit okay. something's going to happen. Do you think yeah. that two no, witnesses uh, kind of... In- right. So I don't think the people... So what, what Leonardo DiCaprio was referring to is Leonardo DiCaprio is a preacher of the... Human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change propaganda that's put out by the United Nations. He is one of their ambassadors. So what he's doing is he's using scare tactics to try to get people to fall into line and to line up with the sustainable development goals and all this climate change propaganda. And he was saying, hey, we've only got nine years left. And what I was going to do if I got into some of my notes was to prove that for the last 50 or 60 years, the United Nations, different people, uh, different news sources have been saying, oh, we've only, and, and globalists, the global elite have been saying, we've only got 10 years left. We've only got seven years left. We've only got so many months left in an effort to keep people in a perpetual fear mode. But the thing is, is that they, it's simply them driving their agenda and they know they have to use this fear-mongering tactic to keep everybody stirred up. So that's what Leonardo DiCaprio is talking about. I think it's just propaganda on their part. Matter of fact, I know it is. The yeah. angel that flies through with teaching the everlasting, everlasting gospel, that's right there during the last, uh, just a real small, short period of time, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that's why it's important, Darlene, that we study and know and understand the timelines that God has given us. So that way we can know, hey, I know we're living through this portion of the timeline right now. Then there are a few more things that have to happen, and then the second coming will occur. Because if you get caught up in um, secular news, man, you're going to be swimming. And so um, that, that's really what I think is happening. It's, there's not a, the spirit in the earth today, I believe, is there is a sense of urgency because we know the prophecies. I believe it's, there's a battle going on between Satan and God. Satan is pushing his agenda, and God is saying, listen, get ready. Be born again. Prepare, because my second coming is, is, is not very far away. 
Make sure mm-hmm. you're prepared because I'm coming back to separate the wheat from the tares. Make sure you are prepared for that day. I think there's a battle for um, in the spirit realm over people's souls because people, mm-hmm. I, I talk to so many people, Darlene, that don't have a sense of urgency about them. And I'm not talking about you just got to live on pins and needles. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just kind of, you know, uh, uh, having all kinds of goals and aspirations other than seeking God's face and drawing close to God and preparing for His second coming. I know, I know people, very successful individuals, that are, that's not even on their radar. And I'm like, look, I, I love you. I understand. You know, I, 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 we're friends. But we need to start thinking about His second coming because I'm telling you, as sure as we're sitting here talking on the radio today, Jesus Christ is coming back before very long. He's going to split those clouds wide open, and He is going to collect His church. That's what's going on in the world right now, Darlene, and I think that's what you and I are both feeling. Um, yes. And so, yeah, I, I, as a matter of fact, I know that's what's going on. The Bible says that's what's going to happen. And I just kind of think maybe they're feeling it. They're just unaware of what they're feeling, um, but they are pushing their agenda. Satan's trying to push his. And Yeah. Well, well, thank I, you, and yes, it was wonderful to have met you. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you as well. Uh, and God bless you, my friend, and, and thank you for the call. Yeah, I mean, I think that Satan is pushing his message, and um, that's what these guys are preaching. When they preach, um, uh, the world's going to explode. We've got a, we, we need more global world government. That's the answer to it all. Yeah, it's Satan. The Bible says Satan, or the dragon, gave him his seat, power, and great authority to this world government. That's exactly what's going on. So, um, and I know that's what we're feeling as well because I'm a Christian and I'm fighting against Satan's kingdom. I'm expanding God's kingdom on the earth by preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Wow. Do you guys kind of get the sense of urgency that I have and understand what's going on? Wow. Things are happening so fast. I love it because I'm energized. Okay. um, Can you tell I'm feeling better? Man, I'm not coughing. My brain's out. It's so awesome. I'm very thankful to God for touching me. Uh, and really, end time. It, it, it swept through here. People were getting COVID a second time that have already had it. And so God's really helped us, and I'm thankful for that. Okay, wow. Okay, so I'm going to go. I tell you what, we're coming up on a break. I don't want to want to cut you guys off, but when I come back, I've got all of you guys that are on the, the line. I'm going to try to get to all of you. And we're going to go really quick. Um, but, man, feel such a sense of urgency today just to share the gospel with everybody I can get my hands on. Because if you believe in the Bible at all, folks, Bible prophecy is about 30%, almost one-third of the entire Bible. Jesus Christ wanted us to know exactly what was going to happen prior to His second coming. That's Bible prophecy. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. All right, so everybody, let's make a deal. Keep your questions short and I'll keep my answers short. Think we can stick to that? Let's do our best. What do you think? Okay, so let's go to Eugene in New York. God bless you, Eugene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? All right. I want to know where in the Bible does it, does it say, talk about the many, many Right. So the metaverse is really part of, in my mind, it's part of the end-time world-governing structure that's being established. Now, some people might say, oh, yeah, where do you get that? Well, the Bible talks in Revelation chapter 13 about the false prophet giving an image and giving, breathing life into the image of the beast. And when you talk about the metaverse and things that are coming, there are people that can have, that can create an avatar or can create like a hologram figure of themselves to function in a totally different or a parallel society besides the one we're living in. And you can create an, an alternative um, universe, per se. They call it the metaverse. They say it's going to completely transform the, the Internet and things like that. And I, again, I, I just know enough about it to be dangerous here. But the thing is, is if you understand what Facebook was all about, what they are about, and they are, a, they're just a data collecting machine to where they can push agendas. I mean, on my Facebook page, I, I will have an LGBTQ ads show up and just crazy stuff. And I'm a God called minister. And I've got LGBTQ ads showing up, showing horrible things on my Facebook page. Why? Because Facebook is pushing an agenda. Okay. Plus, they're gathering all your data, selling it to people. They're listening to you. I mean, it's crazy what they're doing. And so uh, people need to understand what Facebook really, really is. It's not just about, hey, you connecting to people you've always known and friends and all this. No. It's about, it's a data, data collecting magnet. And they're storing all this stuff. Okay. So when you think about what Facebook is about now, and they, they will shadow ban and uh, put people in Facebook jail and all this because they're pushing their agendas. But if you go against their community standards and push a conservative agenda, then they will shadow ban you and all this other stuff. So that's Facebook. That's really what the, what's going on. Well, now Facebook is called Meta. And they're creating a meta-verse. So they have not been able to dig and drill down deep into your life enough already. Wait till your life is functioning on the metaverse, where your business meetings are held in the metaverse, and where your, um, you know, your personal lives. I had somebody send me the other night a 
a way for me to invest in meta dollars, meta money. There, there are, I talked the other day about the metaverse. There's somebody who actually bought a plot of land because they wanted to live by some movie star. Get this. It's totally fake. But they bought it for 450000 real dollars. So people are going to get totally caught up in this metaverse situation. But again, remember the goals of Facebook. It's data, data collection, pushing agendas. You'll be able to do some stuff in this metaverse that'll be completely fake. But yet people are wanting to get out of this life. I can't deal with inflation and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to get into this metaverse and I'm going to immerse myself in that. That's exactly what Facebook wants you to do. They want you to immerse your life in that so they can get every kind, every bit of information that they can and to push their agendas on you. I'm telling you, that's what's coming. So that, that's metaverse. Now, you, you, going on there and playing a game of checkers with somebody, that's one thing. But understand what's behind Facebook now. Imagine that being many, many times when you get into metaverse and you're, some people will immerse their entire life in that. And that's where it becomes a danger. And that's where I see in Revelation 13 where it talks about the, the um, Satan's end time master plan. World government, world religion, and the mark of the beast. They're already having religious services on the metaverse where people aren't meeting together. They're sitting in their living room and going to a church where everybody's an avatar. And there are people that are actually holding church services. Well, imagine when the false prophet gets on there has a global service that people can attend and says, this individual, this really good-looking uh, guy who is from Europe, this political leader, he's the guy we should be following. Imagine what can happen in metaverse. So that's kind of where we're at. It, it's just consider the, what's going on behind Facebook and then imagine what can happen with metaverse. So it's in- What was that now? I didn't understand you. It says that in Revelation 13. Yeah, so it doesn't say the word metaverse in Revelation 13. You've got to step back and look at this from the big picture, Eugene, to really understand what it is. What, What Facebook's, which has turned into meta, which is making the metaverse, you got to understand what the goals are of, you, of, meta, of meta right now and what it will be when you get on Metaverse. And understand the goals. Not all of it's going to be bad. It's not going to be a sin to get on Metaverse. But it's what, it's, it's what it will lead people to do and what Meta is trying to do with you and your data and your information and your life, your bank account. I mean, don't set up a bank account in that thing, whatever you do. Because they want access to all your information. That's the whole goal. It's a data collecting uh, source and a they're pushing agendas that are not always godlike. And again, if I didn't need it to function all our social networking things, I would ax it. A lot of our stuff's connected to Facebook. There may come a time in the future when we can move off of that at this point. I don't see that as being viable. But anyway... Uh, I hope that helped you, uh, Eugene, um, and i, I got to let you go. i got so many other callers. Thank you much. God bless. Um, let's go to Don in Colorado. God bless, Don. Welcome to End of the Age. Oh, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I how are you? Question. Yeah, 
Okay, so I have a question. I want to get like some news on the the Pope because we know that whoever's Pope is at the revealing of the Antichrist will be the false prophet. So I just want to get an update yeah. on any cardinals or 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 the Pope's condition. Right. So we read articles over the last I don't know maybe a month that were saying that they did not expect this Pope Pope Francis to last throughout 2022. There were reputable sources claiming that. However, an update on the Pope, the current Pope's condition, is that he's feeling good. He's got, I just read an article either today or yesterday that said he's got a full schedule this year. He's going to be doing a lot of traveling. He is feeling a lot better. And there has been a um, kind of a, a good recovery where they didn't necessarily expect there was going to be. And so this Pope could last, you know... Um, I, I don't want him to pass away. I'm just saying he's he could last a lot longer than what they were saying just a few weeks ago. Now, does that mean this pope could be the, the, the false prophet at the time of the Antichrist? I don't know the answer to that. It's the, That's still at least three and a half years away because we've not entered the final seven years yet. This pope would be way up in his 80s, almost 90 at that point. Um, so I, he's getting very elderly, let's say. And he's already had some complications with his health. So I, I don't know. I mean, things would really have to hurry up. And, and they're going at a fast pace. But I, I don't know if this Pope could be the one or not, Don. I'm not going to be able to answer that. I just know that he's feeling better. And, um, you know, it appears that he'll be around for the foreseeable future at this point. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. All right, Don. God bless you. And thank you for the call, my friend. Um, let's go to Ryan in Pennsylvania. God bless Ryan. Welcome to End of the Age. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Ryan? Good. Um, I'm reading uh, Revelation about how the beasts in Revelation are uh, a king and a kingdom. And it seems like every description of the Antichrist power matches the papacy powers. I mean, every single one. Like, down to, you know, think to change the times and laws where they change the, yeah. the Sabbath from right. Saturday to Sunday. Right. You know? Uh, is that okay for us to, like, that's the only uh, commandment that has, that has the seal of God. You know, do you think, is that okay for us to, you know, worship, change the Sabbath and just rule with it, or... What should we do about that? Yeah, so as far as, um, so your, your, your question is, I'm kind of having a hard time hearing you. Your question is, does it matter whether we worship on Saturday, Sunday, or any other day of the week? Is that your question? Yeah, because I believe okay. that that's the power that changed, right. they, they think it changed the times and laws, and it seems like they kind of brag about it. Yeah, so the thing is, um, One of the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It was a specific day in the Old Testament that they they remembered they would not work. I mean, they were stoned. One man was stoned for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day in the Old Testament. However, when you come to the New Testament, Jesus was um, allowed His disciples. When His disciples picked corn on the Sabbath day and the Pharisees said something about it, He rebuked them. And when he healed somebody on the Sabbath day. So he was transitioning us from physical realities to spiritual realities. 
And the Bible says, um, Isaiah prophesied with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? And this is the rest wherewith he will cause them to, the weary to rest. The Bible, t- <coughs> the Bible talks about, pardon me, the Bible talks about in the New Testament that when an individual, when an individual is born again, they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that they observe a perpetual Sabbath. It's a rest that you perpetually enter into. And so once you get that concept, it doesn't matter what specific day. I can go to church on Monday, Ryan, and worship God. I can go to church on Tuesday. I can, um, you're not observing. So we, couldn't keep, we couldn't keep Saturday holy. You don't, yeah, you don't necessarily have to. People that are living under the law, that have their mindset they're living under the law, yes, they ha- it, they, it was Saturday. But when somebody's been born again, uh, we moved into a perpetual Sabbath. The, the, the rest that we've entered into uh, when an individual is born again, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's a perpetual Sabbath. So I can go to church and have a revival every day of the week and worship God. A specific day doesn't matter once a person has been born again. And so that's very, very important. A lot of people get hung up on um, w- which day we should worship on. I worship God every day. And so it's yeah. very important. I don't need a physical day. I can do it any day of the week. I can worship God. I can do it while we're here on the radio. And so it's very, very yeah, important. Yeah, I'm just kind of confused why they yeah. still go along with it, with the Sunday instead yeah. of the Saturday. Yeah, you can worship God any day you want, Ryan, at this point. Um, I, I'm going to let you go. I got one more caller. Thank you for the call. Uh, John in Tennessee. God bless you. are going to have to make it quick, though. Okay, Dave, you look positively energized. Thank you, sir. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to throw a little comment in here that what I see most people dealing with these days is fear. Yeah. For some reason, they are not letting go of the fear, uh, and they're being fed fear from the government, from individuals, from actors, from left-wingers of all sides are being fed here. Hey, we're going to... John, John, gonna I'm, I'm going to apologize, my friend. I've got five seconds left. Let, let's talk again next week. God bless you, my friend, and thank you for the call. God bless everybody. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information... We invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.